0: What's going on guys? Welcome back to the Bringing It Back podcast. We are so excited that you're here. Our heart is to help you figure out how to navigate life well while keeping Scripture at the foundation of all that we're doing. So let's dive into this week's episode. back, baby. What is poppin' podcast world? We are so honored that you would tune in today. It is your boy, Micah Mosley.
1: And Jonah Stairs.
0: And we are so excited to have you here. Jonah, I got a question I've been thinking a lot (laughs) about lately, all right? I can't do this. We gotta be real. So here's the deal, guys. Uh, Is that me and Jonah just recorded this entire podcast, but the mic wasn't recording the right way?
1: The entire thing. (laughs) The entire thing. The
0: whole thing. So this is our second run through, and I couldn't get through this without getting that out of the way. I would have felt guilty the whole time.
1: Yeah. It's just, you know, we, we want to be honest. We mm-hmm. want to be, um, you know, we, we just want to be straightforward with everything that, that we're doing.
0: Yeah. Well, Jonah, a question I've been thinking a lot about. If you could be friends with one celebrity what celebrity would you want to be friends with
1: justin freaking timberlake dude. okay oh my gosh why because first of all i love him i'd like i mean i love him okay um his music just all the way from his nsync days to his solo days just it speaks to me on a whole new level um but, also, he just seems like a fun guy to be around. Like, every time he's around Jimmy Fallon and, like, I they're, see how they're friends, I'm yeah. like, oh, I want to be, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. the third guy. Like, <laughs> I got we you. Could go, I could be the, the third musketeer with those two guys. Um, so, if you know him, let, uh, you know, just let me know. But, what about you? <laughs> Man, I think...
0: I would have to go with Paul Rudd. He is just the most charming guy that there is. Uh, He's going to be on the podcast next week. Yeah. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in for Paul Rudd next week. Just kidding. Unless you have a connection, then we want to get Paul Rudd on the (laughs) podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say Paul Rudd. That's a great transition to what we're talking about this week, and that is... Paul Rudd. We're talking all about Paul Rudd. (laughs) Just kidding. We're talking about friends and friendships and this idea of community. So Jonah, talk to us about friendship.
1: Yeah, so friends are good to have.
0: And that's all, folks.
1: (laughs) No, uh, really though, I think one thing for me that that was just, it it was a shift in my perspective when I was younger was I kind of had this thought in my head like, all you need is God in your life. All all you need is Jesus. And I think that was just kind of, talks it to me that was uh, taught to me like in the Christian realm and and I think that's a nice sentiment but really at the end of the day on a deeper level I just don't think it's true like God designed us to be in fellowship with each other to have community to be in relationships with each other and to think that you can go through life in a healthy way just completely secluded on your own by yourself I think that's just an immature way of thinking and scripture does not back that up whatsoever.
0: Yeah. I think, man, I've always heard, and this is not a, this is not a Micah thought, someone far wiser than I am said this and I heard this a long time ago, but, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. you oh, heard yeah. that? Yeah, I have heard that. Yeah, <laughs> um, But man, the more I've thought about that, the truer I think it is. When I think about the seasons of my life and how I've acted, I think a lot of it comes back to the five people that I'm spending the most quality time with. Real quick question, is Jesus one of those people? I think you can tell. But <laughs> I think that's so, so important to be aware of who your close community is. Wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, and I think that, that always reminds me of the saying that goes... Um, show me your friends and I'll show you your future I mean it's the same idea Like you will inevitably just end up um, reflecting your environment I mean that's just how we are as human beings if you're spending all your time with God then you're going to reflect God's nature if you're spending all your time with Micah then you're going to reflect <laughs> well, Micah's I nature <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, that's not bad that's I mean, gonna, Micah's that's a that's great a guy day. But if you're spending all your time, you know, watching The Office, then you're probably going to end up a little more like Michael Scott than you would want to be. Exactly. So it's yeah. just, yeah, what what is that uh, thing that people say, you you output what you input, something like that? Yeah. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, it's, yeah totally but it, like that. it's the same thing. Surround yourself with healthy people, and you're probably going to be a healthier person.
0: Jonah. Am I tripping?
1: <laughs> yes. Did Jesus not spend
0: a lot of his time with the the terrible people with the prostitutes, with the tax collectors, with the ones that no one else wanted to be with? Yeah, he doesn't, did. Doesn't that kind of
1: contradict what we're like what we just said? I mean, kind of, but not really. Okay. Cuz again, it's it I think again it it just comes down to like the level of relationship you have with that person and also the time you're spending with that person. Uh, if you read the Gospels, Jesus spent a lot more time with God and with his, with his disciples and his friends than he spent with people who were, you know, sinful or people who were against him or people who were caught up in, in wrongdoing.
0: Yeah, and I think even within the disciples, we see a lot of different instances in Scripture, specifically with uh, Peter, James, and John. Um, like in Matthew, Jesus takes them up to the mountain to see his transfiguration Um, In the Garden of Gethsemane, he takes those three with him. So I think even within the disciples, Jesus had these three guys that would, you know, if I'm reading the Bible correctly, which I think I am, it seems like they're his closest friends. They're the ones that he's spending the time with. Yeah,
1: I mean, John even refers to himself as the one who Jesus loved. Yeah. And some people say that he was closest to Jesus out of all the disciples. So even within those three, there's still like one person that maybe he connected to just a little bit more.
0: Yeah, and I think... Jesus is spending time with those people because those are the ones that he's doing ministry with. Yeah. Um, so spending time with like the tax collectors and the prostitutes, man, I think the friendship terminology is kind of tough because was Jesus friends with them? I think so, but he also has a level of relationship with those people that we won't know. Yeah. But there's something to be said about having his 12 disciples who he was around. That was his community. And I think those other people, those are forms of ministry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think... Even as we get more into scripture, because again, we always want to take you back to what the Bible says, because without that, we're just two guys giving you our opinion, and you yeah. really don't have a whole lot of reason to listen to that. But I think there's a lot of verses that speak to kind of what bad friends look like. And I think, Jonah, right. you're a big fan of Proverbs, right? I'm a huge fan of Proverbs, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think there's a lot of different verses in Proverbs that kind of depict. What friendship can look like? Uh, Proverbs sixteen twenty eight says, "A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisper separates close friends." Man, go- you want to talk about pandemics? Go- <laughs> gossip is a pandemic. Yeah, that's all people talk about anymore. That's all the conversation is. Uh, Proverbs seventeen nine says, "Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends." Um, and then 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad, cur- bad company corrupts good morals. Yeah. So I think those three verses give us a pretty clear picture of who we should be spending our time with. If you're spending your time with people who are gossiping, you're going to naturally want to gossip. If you're spending your time with people who are always offended, you're probably not going to have a very good friendship, but you're probably going to be offended a lot of the
1: time. Yeah. I mean, it, all throughout Scripture, particularly in Proverbs, but all throughout Scripture, there is just scripture upon scripture, verse upon verse, um, telling you the kind of people you should spend your time with and the kind of people you should not spend your time with. And especially in Proverbs, almost every verse in Proverbs is saying, hey, this is what a wise man would do, and this is how a wise man acts, and this is how a wicked man acts, and this is what happens to a wicked man because of how he acts. And it's just saying it's a warning and it's an encouragement. Spend time with these kind of people, not with these kind of people. And I think it's really important to go through that and take that as... I mean, first of all, it's just saying, on the one hand, you should be spending your time with people in relationship. But on the other hand, you need to make sure that you're spending your time with the right kind of people who have a positive influence and who are also following the Lord and who are also just taking the time and who have the maturity to make good, positive, healthy decisions. Yeah.
0: I also want to put in real quick that as we're talking about friendships— you should not just be hanging out with people who are the good people in Scripture. Because like we said, Jesus was hanging out with all these people. Yeah. If you're not hanging out with unbelievers, you're not living your Christian walk very well. Yeah. If you're comfortable, if you're thinking, man, I've just got this great community, I'm glad I can do life with them, but you're not going out and advancing the gospel with that community, you're not doing this thing the yeah. right way.
1: No, and I think that comes down to the boundaries talk. Yeah, And a lot of times when people bring up boundaries in relationships— There's just this connotation that like, oh, it's only romantic relationships or only when you're talking about being physical in romantic relationships. But I think boundaries apply to all different kinds of relationships. And um, I mean, obviously, like Jesus reflects that in his relationships with other people. And I think if you look at your life, I know when I look at my life, I see different boundary levels. So there's like a boundary that I have um, where like my innermost core group of people are my best friends. And they have access to pretty much every aspect of me. They know everything and and they've been with me for a long time. And they have a level of influence on my life that I've given them that space in my life. But then I have a bunch of friends who I love spending time with. And even close friends that I'm like, man, I love spending time with this person. I love hanging out with them. I love, you know, going out with them and, and just having a good time. But they're not necessarily on that inner circle. And... It's not like this exclusivity thing like, oh, I'm better than you or you're better than this person or whatever. It's just setting healthy boundaries. And then, you know, even beyond like your friend group, your bigger friend group, you might have a bunch of, you know, classmates or acquaintances that you're friendly with, but it's not like they have really any personal investment in your life and you don't really have any personal investment in their life. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to be best friends with everybody you meet, even if they're great Christian people. Um, but it just comes down to: Do you have an accurate idea of, of how you're setting boundaries in your life, and are you doing that in a healthy way? Yeah, I know Jonah.
0: Something you're big on is accountability. Yeah, in this no doubt. Idea. Talk to us a little bit about accountability and why that's so important to you.
1: Yeah, so I actually want to read a scripture on accountability, um, and it is. Da, 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 da. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, and it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And then verse 25 says, Let us not give up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. Um, And I remember for me, I always thought what accountability meant was if somebody's doing something wrong, then for me to hold them accountable means I call them out on what they did wrong And that's just kind of where I leave it. And I remember when I heard somebody else's definition of accountability, it completely changed the way I look at relationships. And they said, accountability is not about calling somebody out for what they're doing wrong, but it's about reminding somebody of who they are in Christ. Um, And the point there is, first of all, you have to know somebody well enough to know who Christ says they are in order for you to call that out in them. But also I think the bigger point is just accountability is not about like, hey man, you lied to that person and you shouldn't have lied to that person. Be better at your life. Like that's not accountability. Accountability is when you can go to somebody who you know and who you love and who you have invested in their life and you can say, hey man, I've seen that you've been living your life this way and I just want to remind you of who you are in the Lord, who God says you are because what you're doing is not reflecting that. And so it's, it's really just saying hey, I want you to be who God says you are, and you're not being authentic to that right now. And it's uncomfortable sometimes, and it can be abrasive sometimes, but even Proverbs talks about this, like a good friend um, sticks closer than a brother. I mean, that's a big deal, to stick closer than a family member. And also Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And that's something I want to talk about a little bit as well, It's this idea of iron sharpening iron. Like if you think about, Iron being sharpened. I mean, it takes a, a stone or something just as hard as iron or something just as hard as steel in order to sharpen it. Um, like you can't sharpen iron with aluminum. It's just a softer metal. It does not work that way. But you need something that is just as hard to sharpen that. And it's an uncomfortable process. Like you're scraping off the impurities, all the nicks and nacks In and Again, this is a metaphor, so try to <laughs> apply this to like who you are as a person. But when somebody holds you accountable, when, when iron is sharpening iron, it's, it's coming up against you and it's rubbing you and it, it can be painful sometimes, it can be uncomfortable sometimes, but it's absolutely necessary to maintain that sharp edge that the Lord calls us to have. So I think that's just an important note. When you, when you have these friendships, the people who you allow on that closest level of intimacy in your life, it's important that you know that they are in a similar spiritual level of maturity as you so that they can step into that place. They're a similar hardness as you, um, if you will, going with the iron metaphor, to to be able to come in and sharpen you. But I'm sure there are people in your life that you can think of right now like, and again, this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's just people are in different areas of life. But there might be people in your life that you're like, man, this person isn't going after the Lord uh, in the same way that I am. So I don't want them to have that level of influence in my life to where they might affect me in a negative way. But I still want to be around them, have an appropriate boundary with them so that maybe I can be a positive influence on their life because of the way I'm spending time with the Lord.
0: Yeah, and I think even when I think about like my closest friends, man, I've got such a great community. Shout out to my dogs. You guys know who you are. But when I think about my best friends, I have like three best... I've got two best friends. I've got two best friends. <laughs> I've got two best friends. Uh, my sister Kylie and my friend Aaron. And
1: so not Jesus?
0: Or? That's, a, that's a different category. <laughs> okay, there's levels to this. Um, but when I think about what's made those two friendships so consistent, it's been accountability. Those are the two people in my life that I've seen the most be willing to step up and say, hey, this isn't the Micah that I know, yeah. and I want to see more of who I know that you are. And those are the friendships that have lasted a long. those are the friendships that haven't always been easy. And there's been times where I've been mad at both of them. But because we're such good friends, well, that's another thing to touch on. Man, sometimes friendships takes work. And if you want to see a friendship stick around, you have to put in the effort and be yeah. willing to be uncomfortable. Just like Jonah said. Iron sharpening iron is uncomfortable. And sometimes you're going to have to do things and have conversations you don't really want to have. Yeah. But I think if you truly love people and you want to keep them around, you
1: should be willing to have those conversations. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. It's, it's uncomfortable at times and it costs you something. I mean, people say all the time like, oh, invest in this relationship or invest in that relationship. I mean, if you think about what an investment actually is, like even just at the most basic level of finance and money, when you invest in something... That's actively costing you something, and so I think it's important again to think about, you know, what relationships in your life are are first of all worth an investment to that degree, and also thinking about, you know, am I willing to invest in this relationship because that's going to cost you something. If you have, if all your relationships are relationships that aren't really, aren't aren't really, um, I guess, encouraging you or challenging you or holding you accountable to who the Lord says you are, then maybe you need to reevaluate your relationships and what level of investment you have in those relationships. Um, I think that's just an important note to really keep hammering home is it's important who you hang out with. It's important who you spend your time with. It's important who you allow into your life to influence you in different ways. Because again, if you just keep hanging out with people who, oh, they're just... They're fun to be around, but like they're not following the Lord and their life isn't reflecting a kingdom lifestyle. That's just an unhealthy environment to be in. And you need to have those people in your life who are living a kingdom lifestyle, who are reflecting the nature and the character of God, because those are the people who are, you know, the more time you spend with them, you're going to reflect the nature of God. You're going to reflect his character.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people like to fall back on, you know, when hanging about with people who don't have the best morals or anything like that, and think, "Oh, I'm just influencing them." I mean, take an honest look at the situation. Yeah. Are you really influencing them, or are you being influenced? And I think the majority of the time, if those are the those are like the five people that you're spending the most time with, you're probably being influenced. But we talked a little bit about what Scripture says about bad people to be around, about gossip, about offense, about bad company corrupting good morals. But and there's a lot of scriptures that bring out some good things. So. And Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Uh, Luke 6, 45 says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. You can tell when people talk what their heart is full of. You can tell the people that you should be spending time with and a lot of times, I think you can even tell it without them saying a word. You can tell what's in their heart just by yeah. how they carry themselves. And I think, at least for me, Jonah, those are the people that I like to be around. Yeah. I want to be around the people when they walk up, I can even just look at them and say, man, you've been in the presence of the Father. Yeah. You've been in the presence of the Son. Can I tell a little- yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Man, so speaking of friends, before I went out to work, man, Shepherds Fall, the summer camp that's so near and dear to my heart... Uh, in May, me and a few of my boys, we went on a little trip down to South Padre Island <laughs> on island time, baby. We went to SPI for a little bit. And the day before we left, okay, I was hanging out with another one of my friends who wasn't going. And they're, at the time, they were a little bit more tan than me. I'll, I'll give it <laughs> to them. They had a little bit of a better complexion. And they said, even when you get back, you're still not going to be more tan than I am. And I was like, okay. Then I went, I spent a week on the beach playing spike ball, being in the waves, but not too far out because I'm scared of sharks. Same, same. Doing that thing. And I came back, and that same day that I got back, I saw the friend that I saw the day before. And they walked up, and before I even said a word, they said, dang it, you got tan. So they could tell without me saying a word that I had been in the presence of the sun.
1: And I think,
0: dude. (laughs) You did it. I think that, man, I think friends should be the same way. You should be able to tell, and people should be able to tell about you that you've been in the presence of the Son. And that's where I want to come back to this idea a little bit of Jesus being one of the five people that you spend the most time with is that the fruit, you can tell people by their fruit. You know, the Scriptures say you will tell them by their fruit. Um, What fruit are you producing and what fruit is being produced by the friends that you're spending the most time with? Are they people that you can tell that they are spending time with the Father? Do they speak with grace, peace? Do they... Are they full of patience? Is the fruit of the Spirit coming out of them? Or are they people that you feel burdened to be around, that all you guys talk about is other people
1: and gossip? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I always think of Moses when he's up on the mountain with the presence of God, and when he comes down, his face is shining, and the Israelites can see, like, man, this guy has been in God's presence. And it's the same thing. Like, man, I want to be that person, and I also want to be around people who are actively going after the Lord, people who you can, you can just tell just by being around them, like, whoa, you have been spending time with the Lord. And I'll be honest, there have been times in my life when admittedly I was more immature where I'm around people who are really just on fire for the Lord. It's like they're obsessed with Jesus. And honestly, they would make me uncomfortable sometimes. I mean, can you relate to that at oh, all? Like, absolutely. It's just 100%. made me feel uncomfortable because honestly, it's just because their love for the Lord was kind of calling me out and it was saying Jonah there are areas of your life it's not they weren't saying this verbally to me but just their their passion and their love for the lord it was almost like the holy spirit started bringing things up in me that was like Jonah there are areas of your life that are not on fire for the lord and that would make me uncomfortable because i you know it, there were things that i wanted to do things in my will that i was like well i want to do this or i want to do that even if i know it's unhealthy or even if i know it's a bad thing to do But it it was just this thing in me, and, and as I've grown, and as I've matured, and as I've continued to pursue the Lord, I've really come to respect those people who I know are just like, man, this person is just on fire for the Lord. And I don't know, there's just kind of this stigma I had growing up where like, oh, Christians aren't fun to be around. Like, they're all about rules, and they're all about things you can't do, and things that you should be doing, things you have to do. And that is just... I, I don't feel like that is an accurate representation of the church because, I mean, it just comes down to, like, there's a, there's a way to have fun in the kingdom. There's a way to have healthy fun. Yeah. And people who think, oh, well, you can't have fun if you're Christian, like, that is just a stupid way of thinking. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, that's just a stupid way of thinking. I have fun all the time, and I love the Lord. And honestly, the times when I'm not having fun are typically the times where I'm probably doing something I shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Um, and those are the times where I'm just so convicted by the Holy Spirit. and Or my friends call me up and they, they call me out. And they say, hey, Jonah, what you're doing right now is not reflective of who I know you are in the Lord. So, you know, I'll help you pick you up and I'm here for you and I'll love you. But, like, get your act together. I mean, that's the kind of friend that I want. A friend who's invested in me enough to care about how my life is going. I mean, there's this phrase that I love saying that God cares too much about me to leave me to the smallness of my own thinking, to leave me to the darkness of my own sin. And it really, I, I want friends who have that same aspect of love for me. They love me too much to watch me make a mess of my life and not call me out and not help me out and not love on me and call me to a higher standard. So that that's what I look for in friends. Yeah. Those are good things to look for. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I think that's good.
0: I think even something I would encourage you guys to do is look at the conversations that you're having with your close friends. Yeah. Like, What are you talking about? Are you talking about like what the Lord's doing in your life? Are you talking about like what He's been saying to you through Scripture? And that's not all you have to talk about. Don't hear that and think, oh, I just need to talk about spiritual things all the time. But I think to a certain degree, if you're just sitting around talking about basketball all the time, which, man, I've been guilty of. Yeah. But, What kind of a friendship is that? Like, is that glorifying to the Father? Like, in that verse in Luke, it says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I think, man, your heart should want to know what your friends are going through. You should want to be able to be there and support them. You
1: should want to hear what the Lord is doing in their life. Yeah, that's the thing is, you know, it's okay to have those conversations about Netflix or about basketball or about even politics, but if that's consuming your thoughts, if that's consuming your relationships... Then that I think is what Mike is saying is that that's when it becomes an issue when when you're not even making time to talk about the Lord and what He's doing in your life, um, or if you if you don't have friends who are asking you, hey, what is God doing in your life, or, or you know, how's your heart doing? I remember <laughs> that, that like phrase. I know I I used to hate that question. I really used to hate that question when people would be like, "How's your heart?" Because I'm just like, "Come on, man! Like that's such a Christian thing to say. How's your heart?" But it really, I, I think from time to time, like I crave that question because I'm just looking for somebody to care enough to ask me, Hey, Jonah, how are you? How are you actually doing? Because honestly, if they're like, Hey, man, what's up? I'll probably just be like, Oh, good, man. <laughs> they're like, Not much. I'm good. Whatever. Yeah. But then if they're like, Hey, like, how are you? How are you doing? You know, talk to me about where you're at in your life. You don't have to say, How's your heart? because that gets overplayed sometimes. But just stuff that, that, just shows you're actually interested in, in who they are and what they're going through. I mean, that goes a long way. And I know, especially when it's somebody who I know cares about me, somebody who I know loves me, when they ask me, hey, how are you doing? Or, or you know, what's going on in your life right now? How's your heart doing? How's your relationship with the Lord? I crave those conversations. I don't always, this is kind of weird because I crave those conversations like from my spirit, but I don't always wanna have those conversations. Because sometimes it means I have to confess something or I have to be uncomfortable yeah, for a minute or I have to say like, hey, like I'm actually struggling really hard right now or I'm actually going through something really difficult or "You know, I'm having trouble hearing God's voice over my life. And those aren't always the most fun conversations to have, but they're so, so essential. So essential. Yeah. Well, as we start to wrap up tonight, I think another thing
0: that I want to kind of leave you guys with, if you're hearing this and you're thinking, man, I just haven't been able to find good friends. Everything kind of falls apart after a few months. I just haven't found good community. I'm going to encourage you to take a look at your track record and look at the common denominator. And is there something within you that you might have to take a look at that's pushing people away from you? And, and even in the, the people that you're attracting and take an honest look at yourself yeah. and then be honest with the response. Because if you're not honest, none of this matters. And think, man, is there something that's going on in my heart that's making me someone that's not fun to be around? Am I attracting the wrong kind of person?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it's just, again, like be on the lookout for those friends that you want to invest in uh, a deeper relationship. I mean, I think about, you know, a lot of people may try to like put a formula to it or a template to like here is what a perfect Christian friend looks like. That's not how it works. I mean, we're made with different personalities, yeah, and we're made with different, you know, desires and passions and and you know, different uh, walks of life, stuff like that. But you know, really look for those people that you are. You see the the fruit that they're producing in their life. And I just want to take a moment to shout out my four best friends. <laughs> they're awesome. Um, but I, I just want to talk about them for a minute because they, it just goes to show like there's not one perfect template for, like, this is what the best Christian friend looks like. But they can look a, a lot different in, in different ways. So my four best friends are Matt Otten, Liz Freeland, Luke Kennedy, and my brother, Sully. Um, and they're all so different in so many ways, and so it's hard to be like, oh, what do I look, look for in a friend? It's like, no, I look for these people in a friend, you know? Um, and Matt is just one of those guys who he is just so genuinely kind and goofy, and he'll just make you feel like, a million bucks anytime you're around him. And he's somebody I know, like I can call him anytime and he will be there for me and he will drop everything just to come and support me um, and and remind me of who I am. And then I have my two friends, Luke and Elizabeth. And I'll tell you what, like they are similar in a lot of ways. They're also different in a lot of ways, but they'll call me out on my crap. And there's like, I value that so much. I It's not to say I don't love being around them like I love being around Matt. I love being around Liz and Luke. They are so important to me and so valuable to me. And I also know like, they are people who are—they love me enough and they're willing to look at things in my life that don't align with my identity in the Lord. And they're willing to come to me and say, Hey, Jonah, I don't know if that's necessarily something you should be doing. Or, Hey, I've noticed that you've been acting this certain way and they know me well enough to see that kind of stuff in my life. And I'll tell you what, I value that. So, so much more than just somebody who's willing to tell me what I want to hear just for the sake of not offending me. And then, of course, my brother, Sully, he's just a baller, straight shot caller. I love that guy. Um, <laughs> oh he's so fun to be around, and he's my brother I've known him my whole life, and I know he's somebody who will just continue to invest in our relationship, continue to support me, and he has my back in anything no matter what. But I say that, first of all, because I want to honor them as my friends because they're awesome, but also just to show you that there's not just one, like, this is what a perfect friend looks like. But, I mean, it can really be anyone. But the important thing is that they are invested in you, but they're also invested in their relationships with the Lord, that they challenge you, that they are a similar material as you, that they're like iron coming up against you and, and able to sharpen you and challenge you, to to form you into who God created you to be. Yeah. Man, just all this to say, I want to reiterate,
0: if you're just hanging out with your friends who are believers, you are doing it wrong. You should be hanging out with people who are not believers because our whole point of being here is to, one, love the Father and then to tell people about Him. So I hope a few of you guys feel convicted about that and think, (laughs) man, I should be hanging out with more people that don't know Jesus. But also, man, I hope this podcast gives you... Um, an opportunity to step back and look at your own life and reach out to your friends and say, hey, you mean a lot to me, so thank you for doing this. Yeah, and And set healthy boundaries. And then even reevaluate some of your friendships and look at the fruit that's coming out of that. But, man, I just really want to say thank you guys so much for listening. It really does mean the world to me and Jonah um, that you would take 30 minutes out of your week and listen to what we have to say. Not even what we have to say, what the Bible has to say. Yeah. But thank you guys so much. Mm -hmm. Getting the word.
1: Always be bringing it back. Bring it back, baby. Bring it back, baby. All right, we'll see you guys next week.